It takes hours to paint and polish me into the girl I'm supposed to be, but it seems like just a few minutes. When the maids stand me up in front of the mirror, silently asking for my approval, I can only nod at the girl staring back at me from the glass. She looks beautiful and terrified by what's to come, wrapped in shimmering silk chains. I have to hide her, the scared girl. I have to smile and dance and look like one of them. With great effort, I push my fear away. Fear will get me killed. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is episode 11, Red Queen, chapters 19 and 20. Again, more drama for Mayor. <laughs> I like the shimmering silk chains metaphor, though. It's a like, very good metaphor. Yeah. I like it's a it. a nice way to describe this ultra-fancy dress that you just have to put on. Right. And I know we're going to get into lots of Mayor guilt in this chapter. God. But let me also just point out the number of anti-flinches. There's a lot of, but this is she or he doesn't flinch. Chapter, yeah. But I'm not flinching. Yeah. Very, very... I won't flinch. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's it's the opposite of the flinch count. Right. So if you're adding flinches at home, you get to take like three off this week. Right. We'll try and save, uh, save them when we come across them. How, how does this make you feel? I. Why are you asking me like you're like a therapist? Because we do a podcast that talks about this book series. <laughs> <laughs> I, does I mean, that like. How feel? I, I just. This is such a different part of Mare than we've seen before. Yeah, the thing is, not only is she guilty, but she tries to make everyone else feel guilty. But like, yeah. I feel guilt, so you have to, just because I do. Right. Well, it's like she's, she, it's like a snowball effect, I think. She feels guilty about kissing Cal. Right. Right, then she's, when she's with Maven, she's like, oh my god, I kissed Cal, why should I, I shouldn't have done that, and then she feels bad because they're meeting, greeting everybody at the ball, and she's greeting one after the other, the people that she knows that Maven is targeted for assassination this day. Right. I feel so guilty. So she feels guilty yeah. about that, then it's like, so everything, it's like every time someone taps her on her shoulder, she turns around, she's like, oh my god, I'm guilty, but like, <laughs> like she's guilty about everything right now. She's like, oh, I didn't kill anybody. What, what? do you want something? Yeah, and it's, it's I don't. And it's funny. I wrote in my notes. Note the difference between how Mare feels herself with all this guilt and how Maven she perceives Maven feels based on his appearance because he just seems like cool as a cucumber. Yeah, because he's fine. Well, she's like, well, because she thinks because he's a silver. I mean, that's what they do. But. Well, right. And I, I mean, I don't know if she thinks that like just being around him is going to be enough for her to like get out of her head about this cow thing, but. It, like, doesn't work right nope. from the beginning. Uh-uh. She's not. looking at Maven, like, smiling at her, and all she can think of is, Oh my god, last night I kissed your brother! <laughs> like, I'm surprised she doesn't just run up and tell him. If they weren't, if, if it wasn't, like, the ball and this big thing gonna be happening, she probably would've. Yeah, well, don't give her that much honesty credit. I feel like it would be, like, she wouldn't just immediately run up and tell him. Like, the night after, she would not say anything for a week, and then it would get too much, and she just, she's, like, unloading one thing after another, and slipped in there is, by the way, I kissed Cal. I guess, because she, later on in the chapter, she does not admit to dancing with Cal. Yeah. She doesn't tell me even that part, so, but we'll get there. Anyway. Right, so at this point, Mayor's like, I just want this to be over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, it hasn't even started. Right. <laughs> but he tells her that he's 
afraid too. He's afraid that they're going to fail and that this isn't going to work. And then that, you know, they will have blown their shot and that's it. Nothing changes. Right. I'm going to read his exact thing. I actually had that written down. I want to read his exact thing. But before that, she says she wants it all to be over, but Maven kind of brings her down to earth. Is like, this is not going to be over anytime soon. You know that, right, Mayor? This isn't... This isn't ending tonight. Either this is your life, or if this stuff with this red, the Scarlet Guard, red, red Guard, Scarlet Guard works out, Crimson Guard, we're going to be in a war. Yeah, yeah. This is just the beginning of of a of long something right. even more insane that's going to start. Right. So she asks if he's afraid, and he says, "This is straight from the book here." His eyes harden, shifting into blue steel. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of letting this opportunity pass us by, and I'm afraid of what happens if nothing in this world ever changes. He turns hot under my touch, driven by an inner resolve. That scares me more than dying. It's hard not to be swept away by his words, and I nod along with him. How can I back out? I will not flinch. Rise, he murmurs. So low I barely hear him, red as the dawn. So she's she's all in when she's with Maven, because it's like he's giving her her strength. Right now, if that makes any sense to you. Right. You're staring at me like it does. It, it just <laughs> makes me sick to my stomach. Why? But we'll get into that later. But, I mean, she's hesitating because she's thinking about everything that can go wrong all the time. And now everyone's going to lose, but as Maven has put it multiple times, and Farley as well, you can't just, life can't just go on the way it is with Reds right. constantly being under the boot. Right. Something has to change, and this is how it's going to have to change. Gotta throw that in there, yeah, real quick. And then when they get to get they they get together when uh, her and Maven finally come in, and there's the king and Alara. They're all kind of gathered together, getting ready to go and greet everybody. Yeah, at the ball, the king is kind of like telling Maven he needs to find a cause. Like you need to find a cause. Your your brother Swolkow has his legion. You need to find a cause. You need to find... Basically, he's saying, Basically, why aren't you Cal? why yeah. are you my why brother? Aren't you Cal? But also, I want to talk about the part with Maven and the Queen. How Mare is like, even though I hate this woman, like, she can't help but soften seeing her fuss over Maven. But when I'm looking at it, like, I, I don't see that as a healthy love. The relationship that Maven and Alara have is not a healthy, loving relationship. Alara loves him very much. I don't doubt that. But just because you love somebody doesn't mean that it's healthy and that it's helpful for both people. This is a very symbiotic... Domineering, controlling... Yeah, Yeah. It's a very codependent, bad relationship. And Mare's looking at it like, oh, she loves him so much. It's like, yeah, um, like it looked like Dee Dee Blanchard loved Gypsy Blanchard so much, too. And then, you know, with what happened with that, just I, I was reading it thinking this is a narcissist who is manipulating and grooming her son to be her little puppet. Yeah. Right. And remember what and her ability creepy. is. Yeah. Yeah, it is creepy. Remember what her ability is. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure it's as easy for her to slip into Maven's head as it is for me to put on my house shoes. Oh, like sure. She just she's got the key 
you know, she can go right in whenever she wants and pretty much make him her puppet. Especially considering that she's the one that raised him, so chances are she's been doing this since he was born. Right. Since he was in the womb, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we don't even know how that works. You know. I don't want to think about how that works. Victoria Aviard, if you're listening, can you give us, like, an Instagram post on how Alara could whisper to Maven from inside the womb? That'd be great. I mean, I don't see how she, the womb would stop her from being able to get inside his mind. Yeah, like, what if she's just sitting there, like, waiting for his brain to be active enough to be able to... Start manipulating. Yeah, Do start manipulating. Do you think manipulating. she could force herself to go into labor I, by doing that? Maybe. I don't I don't know about what control they have yeah. over their own body because it's more I mean like the baby has some to do with it, but it's more like the woman's body being yeah. ready too. So I don't know, but that's just weird. Anyway, yeah. So then the king is like, why can't you be more like cow? And Maven looks like somebody just did the Mexican hat dance on his heart on the floor, and Mare's like, "Yeah, I know how that feels." Right. It's like, yeah, sucks to be you. Cal's so much better. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know. Well, I feel your pain. Yeah, she knows what it's like because her parents always wish that she was more like Giza. Right. It's worse for Mare because it's the little sister that they want her to be like. It's yeah. not. Why can't you be more like your big school older brother? It's like, why can't you be more like your demure little sister? Right. She feels bad for Maven as she sits there thinking about how she just made out with his brother. <laughs> Still, yeah. Before. It's the fact that she never stops thinking about that. It's like, it would weigh on your conscience, definitely. But, like, you feel sorry for him and you're like, oh, but I also made out with his brother. That was kind of nice. Right. She does try to stick up with him, with the king, too. She's like, I think him helping me fit in here is cause enough. Right. She's kind of trying to cover for Maven. And the king just kind of like looks at her and is like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He pretty much king doesn't throws her care. his Stephen King smile that doesn't reach his eyes. So then they go. Oh, but wait. The mayor has a great uh, line in her inner monologue on her thoughts about the king. His opinion isn't worth the rust on my dad's wheelchair. Ooh, burn. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> like, that's oddly specific. <laughs> you know, like not like the stains in my dad's underwear. It's like, like the, the rust, rust on, on his my dad's wheelchair. wheelchair. Burn. Right. And then Cal and Evangeline show up. Yeah. <laughs> Looking all regal and whatnot. Uh, and Mare's like, Ugh. <laughs> I I have in my notes that her stomach flip-flops for more than one reason. It flip-flops out of guilt and it flip-flops because she turns into Isabella from Phineas and Ferb when Cal comes around. <laughs> she changed her eyeballs for you. Hey. Is, I mean, yeah. hey isn't that what you guys think, too? Like, when, every time she comes around, like, when she's around cows, she has, like, this physical response to his swolitude. <laughs> Swolosity? Swolitude. Okay. The fortress of swolitude. Okay. We've been out of this. I'm naming synonyms. Let me name my synonyms. Good call. Good call. Cal barely acknowledges her. He just nods to her. 
which she says is the only greeting she deserves. Oh, so she's shaming herself. Yeah. Pity party <laughs> mayor. We haven't seen pity party mayor since like chapter nine or yeah. chapter ten, something like that. It's she's been, been too busy long. to throw herself a pity party, yeah. but she's doing it Man, again. And she's all dressed up in silk chains for it. Yeah. Mayor, she's, she's just a self-deprecating person. She just doesn't like herself sometimes. Yeah. Here, this next section is, like, painful to read. This whole inner discussion that Mare has with herself as she sees each of the targets come through the receiving line at the ball. Yeah, they're in the ball and they're, a, they're royalty a, greeting. It's actually difficult to read because yeah. you're like, honey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself? She drags herself down through the mud and then justifies all of it, like, with what their death is going to, what purpose it's going to serve. Yeah. So she feels super bad about it and then basically pep talks herself about it immediately. Yeah. Like, man, I feel so bad, but there's a reason for it, so I don't feel that bad. Yeah, it this whole thing is just very, very difficult yeah. to read. Yeah. Very difficult. And it's not because it's written badly. No, no, it's no, no, written no, no. really well. No, it's written so well I can like feel the a visceral reaction to her like for instance, um Ptolemus is the first person that she, the first target that comes through the receiving line and she greets. And she says, never have I done anything so difficult as looking into the eyes of a dead man walking. Ah. <laughs> and she doesn't even like this guy. Yeah. Like, she doesn't like him or his family or any of them except for Lucas. Uh-huh. But she literally can't bring herself to meet his gaze because she knows he's about to die. This yeah. whole thing is just like, and it's a hard book wrenching. Yeah, and that's I think that maybe the worst part about it is like it's hard for her to do this, and then she starts trying to justify it to yeah. make it less hard on her. It's like, oh, honey. Yeah. So just so the listener has to suffer along with us, in case they didn't read. Yeah, we're going to drag you through this. Let's go through and give the reasons why each of these four people were picked as targets. So the first one that we get is Ptolemus. Mm -hmm. And he is the lead of the Archeon City Guard. So basically, that means that he, they are the police of the capital. They guard the king and queen and all of the high houses when they're in Archeon. So it would be basically like the King's Guard in Game of Thrones. So once you... Uh, Mayor says that Maven referred to him as the head of a snake. Mm-hmm. So once they cut off the head of that snake, the, body. the rest of them will fall and there won't be as organized of a guard in Archeon. And it'll yeah. make Archeon an easier target. So that's why they picked Ptolemus. Mm-hmm. And then after Ptolemus goes through, the Aral family comes through. The panther smiles kind of weird at Mare, and mm-hmm. she's like, hmm. I don't like this. What does she know? Does she actually know something, or is that just the way her face looks? And another thing is, Mare doesn't really like the Aral family either. No, not really. Sonia has 
been rude to her mm-hmm. and the panther was like interrogating yeah. her and she actually had to ask Alara for a favor to get her off her back basically. Yeah. But along with the panther and Sonia in the receiving line is Reynald who is Sonia's cousin and one of the targets. And Reynald is a target because he's a financial advisor and he keeps the army funded with trades and taxes and stuff like that. So if you kill Reynald, then the money that's going to the front dries up Mm -hmm. and they won't have the resources to fund the war, fund, fund both the Lakelander War and dealing with a red uprising. uprising. Yeah. Yeah. We said that at the exact same time. Right. And we're related. Mare's, Mare's, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Mare's justification is, um, I'm willing to trade one tax collector for that. It's, I mean, I would be too if I'm being Are honest. you listening to yourself? This is a human life. That you're like, oh, yeah, it's totally worth it. But she just plows right on and keeps doing it. Yeah. Because next up, we have the colonel. And this one is really, really hard for her. This one is really, really hard for me. Yes. This is is a toughie. Because obviously we know that the colonel has been questioning of things that are going on. She knows there's a cover-up. Mm-hmm. She's she knows some that, lies. Yeah, she knows that people are being lied to, and she's not cool with it. And Mare wasn't happy that Maven gave her up as a target anyway, and now here she is the night that this is going to happen face-to-face with her. Mm-hmm. And the colonel is, you know, nothing but gracious to her, and she's basically like, you know, justifies her away as well. Yeah. Like, she may not necessarily like the guard, but it's, she didn't believe the lies either. Right. So, ah. uh, um says that she's, you know, wishes her happiness. Um, and she says, not like fancy Samos. She'll make a sad queen and you a happy princess. Mark my words. <laughs> How yeah. do you do this? Mare can barely hold it together. Maven also looks upset, and when the colonel moves on, he squeezes her hand. Aww. Yeah. But Cute. he can he can tell, I think, that Mare is starting to kind of lose it here in this moment, that she's not holding on well. So in the receiving line, we get a little bit of a break. She goes through some people that aren't targets, that she just has to be normally superficial too and then the last one comes in oh honey bellicose laralan and he's kind of a jolly looking fellow i'm just gonna be making noises through this entire thing ignore my strange yeah sadness noises a lot of emotion in this one yeah he has twin boys with him that are like younglings Why? and um we find out that he's a target because he's a diplomat to piedmont and so if they kill him they'll mess up their relations with piedmont 
and they won't have them to support them at the front. Again, just like the money crumbling up, without the support from Piedmont, they can't fight off both the Lakelanders and the Uprising Reds. Yeah. I want to go back to the Twin Boys for, for, for a minute. Yes, please. They're like four. Yeah. They're little, little they're guys. They're little, they're small children. Yeah, because it reminds Mare of when Kalorn's dad died and why, how sad he was. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you say, why would I, you put that in your mind? She is in the worst headspace right now. It's a, like, it's a miracle she doesn't come out of this with, like, lasting depression. Well, I mean, I think she kind of does. She kind of does. But we'll get there. So, emotions. Yeah, Mare's kind of losing her cool here. And uh, Maven excuses them, and he takes her, and they walk outside. And she says that she can feel Cal's eyes follow them out. So he's he's not letting Mare out of his sight. Well, and Mare's talking about how Bellicose has children, right? So I want to read, because this is yeah. the thing that's the most important part of this whole chapter. I know we see this differently. Like, I understand where you're coming from, from Mare's point of view. But what Maven says kind of hits it home that I think it makes a valid point when she's talking about the kids, Bellicose having kids. Yeah. Reynald is a father too. The colonel has children of her own. Ptolemus is now engaged to the Haven girl. They all have people. They all have someone who will mourn them. He forces out the words. He's just as torn as I. We can't pick and choose how to help the cause, Mayor. We must do what we can, whatever the cost. I understand the guilt coming from both of them, especially Mayor when she meets all these people, but... This is what revolution is. Exactly. She's she's super like, I will not flinch. And then the next sentence, oh my God, I need to flinch. Right. <laughs> right. And, and Maven goes on to say, it hurts me to betray them, but it must be done. Think what their lives will buy, what their deaths will accomplish. How many of your people could be saved? I thought you understood this. And he goes on and on and kind of hammering it home to her a little bit more. And he finishes his big speech with, and I know this will change things. So he is like super confident in this. And Mare is just still a giant emotional wreck. Right. He's like her rock at this point in all of this. Yeah. And I think the thing about why it's so emotional for Mare and why like we talked about so much is because she's putting herself in the worst possible place. Like she's, well, making connections that she doesn't need to be making. Right. She's she's getting emotional about it. I mean, she's seeing the humanity in these people that they're about to assassinate. Yeah. And she's not doing a very good job at compartmentalizing. Right. And I don't know if it's because she also is experiencing the stomach flippies with Cal. <laughs> You know, if, if that's got her one way and so she's more up in her feelings and she's connecting them over to the targets. But, I mean, she's known about this for a while and that these people were going to have to die. And now, all of a sudden, she's freaking out. Like, I guess being, you know, coming face to face with them or what. But she is going through it big time. And Maven is like, well, this is the way it has. it's going to have to be. You know, this is it. This is how it's, right. it's going to have to happen. Right. Like, I get it. She's thinking about 
she's making it human. She's, I mean, she's making it personal by getting to know these people and paying attention to what's going on and saying, oh my God, he's a father. Oh my God, she was so gracious to me. You know, all those things. Right. But she's not flipping it in her head and saying, well, wait a minute, what about all the great people I know back in the stills, my family and my friends, the people that I know there that are constantly under the boot of silvers because yeah. they don't see reds as anything other than slaves. Right. Just because the she feels sorry for these people doesn't mean that if the tables were turned, any of them would feel sorry for her. Correct. If she was found out to be a red and that the whole thing was a lie, any one of these four would probably gladly see her executed. Probably. Instantly. Because she's a red and they don't value human life. Right. But as a decent person, Mare is seeing these silvers as human too. And now we get the part that everybody's been waiting for. Not really. <laughs> well, ever since the dancing practice, I guess. Now we get to see Mare I'm gonna, get out on the floor I'm and work her moves. I'm going to read you what I have in my notes word for word about the dancing. They dance. <laughs> the, I think my favorite part about this dancing section is Maven notices that Mare is good at dancing and he's like oh you've been practicing and mare just thinks yeah with your brother with your brother wait till you find out how good i'm at kissing now oh, oh. oh. <laughs> even that even the narration gets in a burn because it says that the princes are displaying the two girls that won in front of all the families that lost <laughs> We invited all of you here so we could gloat in front of you. <laughs> These are the girls that won. Yeah. Y'all didn't. All y'all lost, and you got to deal with it. In Mare's perfect world, Cal and Evangeline won't be queen. Maven won't have to hide his heart, and Mare won't have to hide who she is. Cal will have no crown to wear, no throne to protect. These people will have no more walls to behind, to hide behind. The dawn is coming for you all. A little ominous. So guilty, then suddenly brave. Right. In her mind, like, yeah, we're going to tear you Flips off. Flips it uh, like a light switch. I guess maybe prancing around with Maven and actually being kind of good at it <laughs> gave her some sort of confidence. Changed her a little bit. Could be. Anyway, let's do the servant bit again. Okay. So then, then a servant shows up. Who could it be? It's someone we know. Who is it? It's Kalorn. <gasps> what? Okay, there we go. <laughs> Looking all nice in his servant's uniform. She says the fisher boy that she grew up with is definitely gone. Aww. Yeah. Come on, Mare, how have you depressed yourself enough? And he says, we're ready. Basically, they're ready. You just need to give the signal. And he has a tray with a drink in it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So she drinks it? Well, she realizes that that's the signal. Yeah. And she thinks that Maven's going to do it. And he basically tosses it over to her court and is like, I think you should do it. So she grabs it, downs it, hands it back to Kalorn, and he says, one minute. And then everything starts to fall into place. (laughs) Nice pieces in the place. And Mare starts to kind of feel for the electricity, do her thing, and then shots ring out. And she says, all over the room, four people take their last breaths. And everyone screams. Mare! Honey! Why? Did you have to add that specifically, girl? Yep. 
I mean, does she oh, know that one hundred percent? Not only that, but then like she sees Cal coming towards her, and she's like, "Cal's never gonna reach me before this world is all changed." Like, you think four shots are gonna change an entire country? I mean, they kind of do, though. But but not like. But she thinks that like one four shot shots... has changed an entire country before. Shut up. Just saying. But she thinks that like these four shots, and it's like the, the silver is like gonna surrender, like everything is gonna be over. Like, these four shots are gonna, like, these four people are gonna die, and then the Reds are just gonna win. Right. Like, that's that's just the start. Honey. There's four more books. There's three more books. Yeah. So, chapter 20 starts with, I scream with them, and the lights flash, then flicker, then fail. One minute of darkness. That's what I need to give them. The screams, the yelling, the stampede of feet almost break my concentration, but I force myself to focus. The lights flash horribly, then die, making it almost impossible to move, making it possible for my friends to slip away. So Mare is controlling the darkness at this point. She's harnessing all the electricity and keeping it dark in there. And like literally all H-E double hockey sticks is breaking out right now. Right. The power's out. People are screaming. Silvers are terrified. Yeah. That's not easy to do. Yeah, well, I mean, it's easier than they thought, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the point is, this is exactly what Farley wanted and the Scarlet Guard wanted. It's not right. just the four people. That's that's part of it. That's kind of like the bonus. The actual big thing they want is to show in a grand scale at the ball what where they're, they're getting ready of. to leave that Silvers can be terrified. And can be hurt and can be killed. Yeah, and can be gotten to anywhere. Right. We'll come right to your front door inside and bring the fight to you. And the more people that know that, the more Reds that realize, wait, why are we allowing them to do this? Yeah, and that's the thing about like the the pacifist type approach that Mayor wants, that Mayor kind of wanted. It's like, it's not going to work. I'm sorry. Right. Like Violence is the only language they're going to understand. Power. It's about power. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because she says, for all their strength, all their power, they still know the meaning of fear, and a few bullets are all it takes to bring terror out in them. So they're just so shocked that this is even happening that that is enough to split their world open, basically. Yeah. They they would have never expected anything like this. Especially at their own event. Right. In their own palace. Right. And especially since they've been told that several things that have happened that are actually Scarlet Guard doing weren't the Scarlet Guard prior to the Archeon bombing, which they took credit for, and this, which they take credit for as well. Yeah. Like, they can't lie about this. Right. Right. Yeah. So a lot of the Silvers probably don't believe didn't believe this could happen because they were lied to about what's already been happening also. Exactly. But now it's out in the open. Yeah. That's the big thing. That's what they wanted. They had a false sense of security. Right. Mm-hmm. Mare gets knocked over. Oh, she comes face to face with the dead body of Colonel McCanthos. Yeah. Gets, gets her blood all over her trying to get up. Yeah. Falls and slips in the silver blood and she's just covered with it at this point in time. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but there's a part coming up later that for some reason makes me laugh even in all this chaos. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. 
So she gets pulled away from the body of the colonel, and it breaks her concentration, and the lights come back on. And she sees the absolute chaos that has ensued. And it's Cal that has drug her away. So he, he drops down to her knees, or to his knees, to check her for a wound that could be causing all of the blood all yeah, over he's like, her. where are you hit? And she's, she's like, like, you idiot, how can this be mine? I'm not a silver. <laughs> I'm not a silver. This is not my blood, you moron. <laughs> it's actually kind of a funny moment in the book, because she raises her sleeve that's stained with silver blood, and she's like, how can this be mine? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> Lucas, come here and take her. Are they setting Cal up to be an idiot? Because that's what it seems like to me. I mean, later on in this chapter, we pretty much get confirmation <laughs> that Cal is an idiot. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that. And we will all laugh about it together. So Lucas comes to take Mare, and she wants Cal to go with her. And Cal's like, nope, uh-uh. I got stuff to do. And a sentinel tosses him a gun, and off he goes, chasing after the assassin. He says, let's go hunting. Yeah. yeah. And he's, like, he's excited about this. This is getting him fired up. He's ready for this. But he goes running one direction, and sh- Lucas drags Mare out another. And as soon as they get out of the, I guess, the ballroom, you would say, where they were. Yeah, ballroom. Where there's ballroom. Are typically there's suddenly a huge ballroom. explosion. Yeah, and everything goes right. pretty much black. And then she's like, oh no, Cal. <laughs> and Lucas, Lucas is, is like, like, you idiot, why would it hurt him? Yeah. Do you not remember what he is? A bomb won't bother Cal. And Mare's like, bomb? There wasn't supposed to be a bomb? What are you talking about, a bomb? Like, she almost has to stop herself from saying there wasn't supposed to be a bomb. But that would look really bad. Right. And... She's not supposed to know anything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and Lucas is like, this is the Scarlet Guard. They're killers. This is what they do. Basically, like, you know, they're just vermin. But Mayor's thinking, wait a minute. They set a bomb off knowing that I was going to be in there, too? Yeah. What? Yeah. So. Yeah, why would they do that if they knew I was going to be there? Right. Do they not care about my safety? And whose words pop up in her her mind at this time? Julian. Anyone? Can betray anyone. You see, Mare's always Mare always remembers that after she makes a bad decision, but never while she's making the bad decision. Yeah. Like, it's always retroactive. It's never in the moment when she's like, wait, maybe I should be a little bit wary. That's the thing about making bad decisions. When you make a bad decision, you don't realize until later. Otherwise, she, you wouldn't make that bad decision. Right? She needs to take the, uh, do the Dwight Schrute method. Anytime he is trying to decide whether or not he's going to do something, he asks himself, is this something that an idiot would do? And if it is, then he doesn't do that thing. Very simple and straightforward. Is this something an idiot would do? Yes, I'm not going to do that thing. No? Okay, I'll go do that thing. The thing is, like, she she goes through the anyone can betray anyone thing afterwards, but she never thinks about it while making a decision. Right. So then she always makes the bad decision. Worst decision ever. Like, you would think that eventually she would get trust issues. It And it seems at times like she has them, and then she makes dumb decisions, and it seems like she doesn't. It's She's very um, pick and choose yeah. in her trust issues. I don't trust anyone. 
said Maven right now. And maybe <laughs> Cal. And Julian. And Julian. And Farley, maybe. Yeah. Corn. Corn. Yeah. <laughs> but like, nobody else. This series gave me trust issues. This and, like, Frozen gave me trust issues. Frozen <laughs> gave me trust issues when I was a kid. Like, when I first watched that movie, I got trust issues from that. Yeah. That's... This just strengthens that. Yeah. I think this series is like, now I just don't trust people. Yeah, this series for sure. Like, there's a reason why anyone can betray anyone is the theme of the series. Because anyone can and will betray anyone. anyone. So, Lucas takes Mare underground, like, through, like, several big steel doors. Or like, a I guess, like, into a bunker, almost. That's not yeah. a foot. Oh, yeah, basically, this is the panic room. Where the king and Elara are... And the king is just, like, furious. He's throwing a huge fit, and it's adorable. They are duking it out. <laughs> I mean, big time. Mare kind of, you know, like, explains everything, tells them that there was a bomb, and Maven's like, a bomb, you say? Those <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You know, and she's kind of like, okay. <laughs> you know, not sure she is really 100% trusting of Maven in this moment. Like, you got out of there real fast for someone who didn't know that a bomb was going to be there. You know what I'm saying? And so the king and queen are screaming at each other, and she's accusing him of not taking the Scarlet Guard seriously. Well, he said, and he says, no, you're the one that kept saying they were small and weak. And she's like, well, if you were taking care of them when they were small and weak, then we they wouldn't be me. having this problem right now, honey. Yeah. She says they are a disease, one you allowed to take hold. And it's time to kill this disease where it grows. They are red devils and they must have allies inside our own walls. So then she storms out to go question the servants because obviously... Somebody inside the palace has let them in and, you know, brought all this chaos to their door. And Mare's like, well, thinking in her head, they're all gone. So good luck finding anybody that knows anything. Cal comes back in. Well, Alara takes off. Yeah. With like a couple of sentinels and Lucas, Lucas, right? Because she's like, I'm going to go find these servants and start questioning. Mm -hmm. Then Evangeline comes in. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's all like teary eyed because... Ptolemus. Yeah. Then Cal comes in. And he's yeah. all just like blackened by ash and yeah. soot. And red blood. And red blood. Yeah. So <gasps> a silver covered in red blood stands next to the red covered in silver blood. <laughs> it's a Dogs funny. and cats living together. <laughs> that shouldn't be funny. That shouldn't be a funny situation. I know it shouldn't be. Why would you do that the, to me? The first thing Cal says is, Mayor, come with me now. Yeah. Come with me. She's like, okay, but everybody follows. Yeah. Right. So. And he's not saying it like, hey, Mayor, come on. He's like, Mayor. Come with me. You better now. keep coming with me. Yeah, there's something yeah. up. Yeah. So he leads them all down to the cells, which look real familiar to Mayor. <sighs> she's been down there before. Right. And Maven has to, like, hold Mayor because she wants to, like, go ahead. He's, like, keeping yeah, her from running down. You can't to... do You got to chill. Right. Because she's, like. If you get too Anyone excited, they'll know something. Anyone but Kalorn. Anyone but Kalorn. Right. Honey. So who's in the cell? We see four people in the cell. Who's in there? Uh, Walsh, Tristan, Kalorn, and Farley. 
and they're in various states of disrepair. Yeah. yeah. Tristan's kind of got his legs all bloodied. Yeah, and it's broken. Walsh is kind of beaten up. Farley's arm is like hanging there like it's just completely yeah. dislocated. dislocated. Her, soul, her shoulder her is dislocated. But in what I'm going to call reason number one why I love Farley, <laughs> when they all walk in, the first thing Farley does is hawks a giant bloody loogie at Evangeline right at her feet. Yeah, she spits blood at Evangeline's feet. Yeah. And, and I'm Evangeline gonna... is like, cut her tongue out like yeah. instantly. I'm going to read straight. And like rushes at the bars straight, too. Straight from the book here. Take her tongue for that, Evangeline snarls. Rushing at the bars, she stopped short, one hand slamming against the metal. Though she could tear it away with a thought, ripping apart the cell and the people inside, she restrains herself. Farley holds her gaze, barely blinking at the outburst. If this is her end, she's certainly going to go out with her head high. A little violent for a princess. Again, this is why I love Farley. Yeah, reason number two, he loves Farley. And so do I. I think we kind of all do. There's just a collective enjoyment of... Farley's time. Yeah. Farley is so over the Silver's crap. The, right. Uh, just be a good red. That's all good reds are good for, this and that. She's not buying the peaceful crap. She's not buying we can work this out. She's seen it all. And she's, she's ready for war. Yeah. So Cal recognizes Kalorn from when he took Mare back to the stilts. And he wants an explanation. And he He's, wants it right now. He's like, Mare? Explain this. He almost sounds, to me, in my mind, he sounds like a parent scolding a child. Yeah. And she, like, like stumbles all this. over her words. I did nothing. He, um, <laughs> like, she couldn't be more suspicious at this point. Right. She's acting like a complete bumbling moron. Right. She's basically trying to say that she, like, got him a job as a servant to help. His family. His family, yeah. but not thinking, like, how she has literally zero power. Cal knows this. She can't get anyone a job anywhere. Yeah. And she's trying to, like, equate what she did with what Cal did yeah. for her. But that didn't work out very well for her in the eyes of the king and queen. So no. I don't know why she thinks that it would work with the king and queen in this particular and situation. And that's why she's like, I got him a job as a servant, just like... Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and like Nathan, she's gonna say, and she looks at Cal, but she's yeah. just like, you know what? I—that's I, not a good example. Not helping my case here. <laughs> so Maven tries to stall, and he's like, "Well, they all look like just servants to me." And Cal's like, "Yeah, you would think that, except we found them trying to escape through the drain pipe." <laughs> yeah, they so were. Running. They were just servants. Why would they be running? Right. There were more that got away. The king asks. This was all of them. And Cal's like, no, there was some that got out ahead. And so instantly, everybody's wanting Alara to get into their heads and get the information on where the others went. Yeah, but she is off doing something else right now. So plot convenience, she can't be here. At least there's a reason. At least right. like she was doing something else, and they like don't want to just immediately call her away from that because yeah. they they could also get answers from them. So mm-hmm. like it's. We're going to let her do what she's doing first, and then come whenever she's ready. And it just happens to yeah. be a long time. So, yeah, so then they're getting ready to torture. Cal's pulling his torturing gloves on. They're getting ready to start doing are some torturing. I don't know. So yeah, they 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 pull Farley out, and he asks for Sentinel Glyacon. Yeah. None of them flinch. 
Nope. So that's four to the anti-flinch meter, one for each of them. Yep. Uh, would you also count Farley's barely blinking at the outburst, or because flinch isn't specifically mentioned, would not count it? Right. It's got to specifically be a flinch. Okay. Maven mutters, so we've got a mutter count. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But he tells Mare, you're not going to want to be here for this. And Mare's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not I'm leaving Kalorn. Yeah. She doesn't put it that way, but she's not leaving Kalorn. So this sentinel glycon kind of grabs Farley by her injured arm, not gently, pulls her sleeve up, puts his hand on her arm, mm-hmm. and she immediately starts to scream. And Mary's just like, Mary doesn't know why. why. So I'm going to read straight. Did you want to read? Or no, go ahead. I'm going to read straight out. I know of, you like this part. I'm going to read straight out of the How? book. How? You two are terrible people. They're, they're torturing. So the sentinel's got his hand on her arm, and Farley, it's making Farley scream in pain. Where are the others? Cal questions, kneeling to look in her in the eye, her in the eyes. For a moment, she falls quiet, drawing a ragged breath. He leans in, patiently waiting for her to break. Instead, Farley snaps forward, headbutting him with all her strength. We are everywhere, she laughs, but screams again as the sentinel resumes her torture. Okay, that part is that part is kind of. Did I mention? Nice. Did I mention how much I love Farley? Yeah. Did we mention how much we love Farley? She breaks Cal's nose. Yeah. It's the greatest thing ever. Should I shouldn't be that happy about that. No, no it's pretty awesome. It's awesome. They bring in a healer so they can heal her arm all up. Right. Well, she. So what he's doing because Mayor realizes the Glycons, House Glycon, they're shivers. Mm-hmm. He's freezing her blood, and it's literally bursting, freezing through her and arm. bursting through her arm. Yeah. And then they're gonna. Uh-huh. Then they bring healers in, and Farley's even like, "All to do it again, eh?" Yeah. Ding, ding. Round two. Let's do this. But, I mean, she's... she's Did we mention that we love Farley? Such a bad A. Love me some Farley. In bursts a very charred, very angry Ptolemus. What? Screaming, where is she? He's looking for Evangeline at this point. Right what? Now. Yeah. See, she's so okay. The target has failed. <gasps> Whoever tried to shoot Ptolemus didn't quite make it. So one of them missed their target. And he is. Super bad. Yeah, he finds out Evangeline's okay, then immediately turns towards the prisoners, and he is... So angry. Yeah. He's grabs him to keep him from going after the prisoners, and Tolmus just pushes him off like nothing. So even even the swoleness of Cal can't stop an angry Tolmus. And Evangeline tries to do the same thing. It's like, no, don't. Yeah, not going to happen. You got to let this guy have his moment, because he is mad. Gotta let him a little bit of catharsis. And then he's like, he basically likes used the metal from the cell cells, doesn't he? And makes yeah, it, it's, it's one of the cell bars. He basically just skewers Tristan like a shish kebab. Yeah, yeah. right through the heart. Uh huh. And smiles about it. Yeah, he's happy. And then he turns to Kalorn, and then Mare does the <laughs> best like, thing ah, she's ah, done to the, in the books to this point. Yeah, <laughs> puts her hand on Ptolemy's neck and shocks the ever loving crap out of him, <laughs> knocks him out. Yeah. Evangeline loses her mind. <laughs> they all seem a little bit intimidated by Mary at this point. I mean, she yeah. just literally put her hand on his neck and knocked him unconscious like it was nothing. Right. Yeah. And they're all kind of like, wait, wait. Uh, Yeah, because Evangeline was just mouthing off to Mare about, you'll see what happens when you treat Reds as friends. And she right. just yeah. instantly turns around and shocks I imagine, I imagine Cal's back there like, mm, that was kind of hot. Right? Maybe Cal and Maven both. I don't know. Maybe some extra makeout sessions for that. 
<laughs> oh, you gotta stop making those jokes. Maven's like, hey, everybody, just hold your horses. Yeah, I chill. think the king and queen need to go upstairs and address the survivors. Cal needs to go too. Yeah, let let everybody see that the, everybody's okay. Yeah, the queen can down. deal with the pres You're with the prisoners later. They're she can interrogate. Right, them. they're locked up. We can deal with them later. We need to go up and try to get ahead of this. And even the Cal's like, yeah, basically. you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cal's like, okay, yeah. Of course, Evangelina calls Cal weak, and then she drags her half-conscious, half-conscious <laughs> brother out. <laughs> you see, b- b- before the, like, you know, Maven starts kind of playing for time, Mary notices that Cal looks like he's ashamed of himself, and she says, but because he hurt Farley, or because he couldn't make her talk, I don't know. Like, is he ashamed because he just hurt somebody, or because it didn't work? Okay, no lost jokes. <laughs> Why not both? I guess. That's probably not real Spanish, but, I mean, it's all real Spanish, but I don't think it fits together that way. But here's here's the part where we all converge on all right. our notes. So on the way up, as they're heading up, Mayor asks Cal how many are dead. <laughs> Do you have Cal's response? <laughs> can I say it? Can I say it? <laughs> okay. Ten so far. <laughs> How many are dead, Cal? Three in the shooting, eight in the explosion. So ten so far. Three plus eight equals ten, right? <laughs> Come and get your Norda lesson. <laughs> Norda math. So he, first he forgot that... First he forgot that Mare's blood was... Red, not silver, even though he's the first one in the family that ever met her. And now in he the stilts. Yeah, now he thinks eight plus three is ten. So we'll put it to you, dear reader. He says, Do you think that Cal is just an idiot and it was written like this on purpose? Or that it was actually a, a math? A typo. Or that it's a typo and nobody caught it. That made it through the author and editors yeah. and publishers, like everything. Anybody who proofed this book before it was released, yeah. noticed that, and or like didn't notice it, and was like, that's fine. Email us at readingwiththerockefellers right. at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Cal says, 10 dead, 3 in the shooting, 8, eight in, in the explosion, explosion, plus 15 wounded, but I can't be sure of that because I don't know how to count. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of my theories is there were actually 10 dead. He just, he counted an extra one. He counted an extra body. And that's why he said eight. Like, he knew there were ten, but he didn't know, like, the casualties from the shooting or whatever. Like, he he knew that the total was ten, but he thought it was eight instead of seven. Like, he didn't he didn't calculate it in his mind. Maybe. No, I mean, it still makes him stupid. It still makes him stupid. And then, so, then healers are just, like, running around healing people. Yeah. This is a huge thing. Yeah, Mayor mutters, <gasps> and the king gives up and gives all gives his big, rousing, call to arms speech. Here as we towards the end of this chapter, the time for tears is over. Now we honor the dead, heal the wounded, and avenge our fallen. I am the king, and I do not forget. I do not forgive. I have been lenient in the past allowing our red brothers a good life full of prosperity, full of dignity. Yeah, record scratch again. <laughs> what? Now 
I don't, think those, I don't think those words mean what you think they mean. <laughs> Pretty sure. that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. But he continues on. But they spit on us. They reject our mercy. And they have brought upon themselves the worst kind of doom. These fools, these terrorists, these murderers will be brought to justice. And they will die. I swear on my crown, on my thrones, on my sons. They will die. And the court starts screaming, strength, power, death. Maven looks over at Mare, his eyes wide and afraid. She knows what he's thinking because she's thinking it too. What have we done? To which my answer would be, what did you think was going <laughs> to yeah, happen? Exactly what you've been talking about for three chapters. Yeah, now and, they can't reject you. And Maven tried they to tell you it doesn't exist. Right, and Maven tried to tell you at the beginning. It's not like this. You're going to have these three, four people shot, and everything's just going to end. It's just starting. I mean, I know we've said this about a lot of chapters, but after this chapter, nothing really ever is the same because this is the start of a new phase of the war. It's not just reds fighting a silver war. It's now reds fighting silvers and not fi- not fighting the war for the silvers. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> yeah, we say that about a lot of chapters where like this chapter is like a pivotal point or this changes, everything. this changes everything. This one really does, but so do a lot of the other ones. Like this is one of those things where it's like, you know, chapter 8, she was like put into this whole world right. or whatever. And that then, just changed the world for her. Yeah. This changes the world, Everybody. period, yeah. on a grand scale. As does something that happens in a few chapters as well, but we'll get to that. But, yes, this is one of the big changes of the whole world of Norda and all these, you know what I mean, the, this area. Because the Scarlet Guard's here to stay, and they've, for a lot of reasons. Now they've announced that they're real, they're a real threat. And the king's doing his, oh, we're going to make them all pay, and they're going to be so terrified of us because they're going to see. This is exactly what the Scarlet Guard wanted, is their full attention. Right. Now you can't pretend like they yeah. don't exist. Everyone knows you can be gotten to. You can be killed. You're not perfect. You're yeah. not indestructible. And you're just as afraid as Reds are. Mm-hmm. And we can bring it right to you. Right yeah. to your door. Yep. Yeah, we can deliver to your nobody, door. Nobody free shipping. That's right. For ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, if you kill at least four, then you're shipping. The is shipping free. is free. Yeah. Well, you get your fifth kill for free. That's right. Yeah. Kill four, get one free. Yeah. Or bad. People. Actually, actually, it's apparently I... kill ten, get one free. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's that's cow math. Yeah. How like Common Core? Is that what they learned on? It is. It is. (laughs) That's common Norda math. Yeah. All right. Anybody got anything else they want to talk about this week? No, not really. All right. Well, this covered most of it. This is a good week for our fan art corner. Yeah. We have the perfect fan art for this week. It comes to us, and I'm going to spell it out because I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce her handle. But it is spelled C L A R. Wait, 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 sorry. C L A R I L I N E underscore A R T. 
Flareline underscore art, I think is how you say that. Uh, she is a wonderful girl that I met on Instagram. Her illustration of Mare and Maven is pretty awesome. So that will be on our website on Fan Art Corner. And we'll put it on our Instagram page for this week, too. So thank you very much, Claroline Art, on Instagram for letting us use your awesome illustration this week. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And guys, don't forget to uh, interact with us. We love to hear from our fans. Send us your fan art. Send us your dream casting for the Peacock series. We're constantly looking for dream casting. Yeah. Uh, if you have a cow, please send us a cow. Please. We're in desperate need of a cow. I agree. Um, a mare, maybe? I'm still, I'm still, yeah. We'll get to that. Um, so email us at readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at readingwiththerockefellers. Sometimes we pop up on Twitter at rockefellerread. Or you can head on over to www.readingwiththerockefellers.com and see all of our beautiful faces, all of the fan art that we've uh, shouted out so far on the show. You can find all of our episodes there, our blog posts, lots of good stuff. So definitely interact with us. We'd love to hear from our fans. And again, send us your fan casting ideas because we are going to be putting together a fan casting episode when we finish Red Queen, when we finish this first book, mm -hmm. we're going to release a fan casting episode. So definitely let us know what you guys have in mind. Yeah. And I think that's all the socials and all the shout outs. I think that wraps it up. Yeah. yeah. So see everybody next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.